Thanks for tuning in to the Embodied Astrology Podcast. I'm Renee Sills, consulting astrologer, somatic practitioner, and embodiment educator. Your Aquarius season reading was recorded as part of the Embodied Astrology 2024 Extended Year Ahead with astrology dates and timing for your sign. If what you hear in this season's episode resonates, you'll definitely want to check out your year ahead. These annual readings are epic offerings and the results of over two months of research and preparation with this year's astrology. They're ready for download now, and they include an hour-long intuitive divination and channeled reading for your sign, along with an additional overview exploring key dates and timing for 2024's astrology, with suggestions for working with this year's main themes, opportunities, and challenges through embodied energetic awareness practices. If you enjoy my monthly and annual readings, join me sometime in my weekly class, Somatic Space, where we attune with the astrological symbolism of the week ahead through guided meditation, visualization, and gentle and healing movement practices. We meet live on Zoom every Monday from 8 to 9.30 a.m. Pacific, and you can always tune in with the recordings if you can't attend live. For those of you interested in working more deeply with your own chart, learning to read charts for others, Or, if you're an astrologer interested in working with a somatic approach, you might be interested in my foundations course, Your Chart is a Body. I'll be starting a new cohort in March with the Aries season equinox, and registration is opening soon. Check the show notes for more details on all of Embodied Astrology's offerings and upcoming events. You can find written transcripts of all season-ahead horoscopes in Embodied Astrology's virtual membership community. When you become a member, you'll also get access to the Embodied Astrology blog and our audio-video library of astrologically-themed embodiment practices and meditations. Your donations and memberships sustain these ongoing free offerings. If you'd like to support this work, please make sure to follow and subscribe and leave us a great review. You can follow the links in the show notes or go to embodiedastrology.com to make a one-time or recurring donation or to learn more about the different levels of Embodied Astrology membership. Thank you so much for your support. Now, on to your Aquarius season horoscope. Aquarius season, Virgo, here we go. The very first day of Aquarius season, the Sun and Pluto form a conjunction at the very last degree of Capricorn, And then they both move into Aquarius together. So January 20th, the Sun and Pluto enter Aquarius. Now over the course of 2024, uh, Pluto is making its entry into Aquarius. And this entry will take the whole year. Uh, Pluto is an outer planet. Its orbit is over 200 years. It spends 14 to 20 years in any given sign. It's going to be in Aquarius for 20 years. Uh, 2024 until like 2042 or 2043. Because of planetary retrograde motion, which is a phenomena that we observe here from our place on Earth, um, Pluto will retrograde, appear to move back um, into Capricorn at the end of the year uh, from the beginning of September until mid-November. I guess that's the third quarter of the year. Um, but then as November, as of November 19th, Pluto will be in Aquarius for good until the 2040s. 
Pluto made a brief entrance into Aquarius in 2023 between March and June. You might reflect back on those months uh, just for a little bit of pondering. I'm not going to say that those months in and of themselves were an entire forecast of the next two decades, but there might be some notable themes that you have been working with that are going to be influencing this next period of time. Aquarius holds what's called the solar sixth house for Virgos. And the sixth house is a very important place in the chart, especially for Virgo, because it is related to the sixth sign, which is, guess what, Virgo. So this placement in your chart, in many ways, is a placement that you are set up more than most signs to deal with well. Um, the sixth house, when you read about it in traditional astrology, often sounds like a horrible place to be. It's the place of burdens and responsibilities and health concerns. Um, <clears throat> it's a place that in uh, some interpretations of astrology would describe enslavement or servitude. It's where we encounter the necessity to labor and where we have to meet the challenges of corporeal terrestrial life, which are plenty. Plenty of challenges to be found here on planet Earth in our human bodies. These meat suits are prone to suffering, and we certainly create suffering for ourselves and for one another rather brilliantly. Um, and so the sixth house can be a hard place to be. Uh, it can be a place of challenge, to say the least. However, this is also a place that Virgo is uniquely set up for because how we navigate brilliantly and effectively through the sixth house is to apply Virgoan principles. And these principles have to do with consistency and dedication. They have to do with practices of commitment and determination. They have to do with the willingness to uh, learn and learn from our mistakes. Uh, they have to do with the humility that growth actually requires and expertise necessitates. Um, the sixth house is also a place where we can really experience devotion. And when we come to the sixth house experiences with an attitude of devotional humility, with a willingness to learn from what's here, um, not with self-aggrandizement and ego, but with the recognition that everyone has their own responsibilities and points of suffering and challenge, and we're going to have ours. And so when we meet them with devotion, and devotion means to, as I talked about in your 2024 year reading, your head reading, um, to really work with the energy of something, to bring ourselves uh, to the continuity of relationship, to devote ourselves beautifully, right? By trying to pay attention and be in relationship, be a right relationship, then we can do a pretty good job in the sixth house, which isn't to say that you won't have to deal with the sixth house, which is all about building 
your life and taking care of the components of your life. This is a place of details. It's a place of the mundane material world, which is often fucking frustrating. But it is, right? It is what we have in our human body spacesuits. January 23rd, Venus enters Capricorn. This is a nice little transit for you. Uh, Venus will be here until February 16th. This is a supportive presence. This is definitely helpful for uh, some of the themes that I talked about in your Capricorn season overview when it comes especially to your creative, generative energy, making Aquarius season a period of time that I think is quite enlivening. Um, there's a full moon in Leo on January 25th. Leo is Aquarius's opposite sign, and it's a sign that comes right before Virgo. Um, Leo is an important sign for Virgo-identified people, and many Virgo-identified people have placements in Leo. So especially if you're a Virgo sun, there is a possibility that your Mercury or Venus are in Leo. Um, maybe you have other planets there too. Regardless, in the solar chart, Leo holds the 12th house. And this is a place that uh, in this reading, I'm going to say, provides inspiration. Um, the next day after the full moon, Uranus is stationing direct in your fellow earth sign, Taurus. And then as we get into February, there are a bunch of uh, things going on in Aquarius and in Taurus. And so the fixed cross, which includes Aquarius, Taurus, Leo, and Scorpio, um, is really resonating over Aquarius season. There's a lot of activity here. So this feeling of being an energizing season, as I talked about with the Leo full moon, um, my feeling is that you are moving into a new phase in your life. And this is something that I talked about a lot in your 2024 year ahead channel reading. Um, you have been preparing for this. A lot of you have been feeling this coming up for some time. And as we get into Aquarius season, the pace picks up. Uh, if you heard me say in your overview that I think it's important over the course of 2024 to plan for some periods of introspection and retreat. You probably heard me say the first couple of weeks of January, take time off because by the end of January, by Aquarius season, things start heating up. They start moving fast. And that is definitely true in your charts, Virgo. Um, as we move into Aquarius season, the tempo is picking up, the pace is intensifying, and there is a lot of energy um, in your chart. Now, my hope is that this energy feels stimulating and exciting for you. I think a lot of you are really making some huge monumental changes in your life right now. These could be changes that are not seemingly monumental, like you heard me say in your overview to do energy healing work every day. And you've been, uh, you know, since January 11th or whenever you first heard that reading, you've been like doing breath work or something every single day. And as we get into the end of January, you're like, oh, whoa, you know, this is doing something for me. Like I feel more energized. I feel like more coherent. And then this is uh, encouraging. 
Um, but I think that for a lot of you, it's, it's much bigger than that. I think that there are ways that you have really been wanting to restructure uh, certain components of your life in really practical, fundamental ways in your responsibilities, in your dedications, in your devotions, these sixth house um, themes. And as Aquarius season begins, you are taken by the spirit and you are ready to get to business. And it feels like you are cleaning fucking house right now. Like you are just going through your stuff and you're like, this can stay. This has got to go. This serves my energy. This is a no, right? It's like clear it out. If it is taking your energy, let it go. And as we move into February, um, this feels increasingly true. And so in February, we're getting a bunch of aspects between Pluto in Aquarius and Jupiter and Uranus in Taurus. Now, Taurus rules your solar ninth house. Taurus is a fellow Earth sign. And Uranus has been in this place since 2017. Um, in 2025, it's making its way on out and into the next sign, which is Gemini. And Gemini holds your solar 10th house. Now, the ninth and 10th houses uh, are the highest points in the chart. This is the top of the sky. This is the zenith of the sun's arc. And symbolically, these are places that represent your growth, your path, your meaning-making, your sense of purpose, and the people and the places and the experiences that align you to these things and these themes. And so that could include your teachers and the great teachings if you are a person, let's say, who's inspired by... Um, anybody at all, right? Like, who are those people? Um, your sources of inspiration, your the images that you hold, right, on your ancestor altar of those who are, you are not related to. If you think about yourself as a queer person in relationship to your queer or transcestors, or if you think about yourself as an activist in relation to people who have already passed on, like Grace Lee Boggs or Harriet Tubman, um, maybe you have their pictures on your ancestor altar and they are people who inspire you and motivate you and give you counsel and advice. If you are a person like me who is devoted to astrology or if you're somebody who has studied uh, energy medicine, then those paths and philosophies would be in this ninth house place. And the relationship between the ninth and the 10th house is the relationship between principles and action. It's where your worldview and philosophy meet your stance in the world and what you create here uh, as somebody who's going to make an impact and leave a legacy. So Uranus uh, is kind of preparing in 2024 to move out of Taurus and into Gemini. And Jupiter will be making that transition in 2024. Uh, Jupiter has been in Taurus since um, May of 2023. And in May of 2024, Jupiter will be leaving Taurus and moving into Gemini. And so we have a little bit of a kind of foreshadowing, um, door opening, opportunity expanding influence 
um, coming your way as of May 2024. And in February, while we're in Aquarius season, Mercury, then Mars, then Venus all come into Aquarius and they will all then move towards squaring Jupiter and Uranus in Taurus. So there's activation between your sixth house and your ninth house and a kind of preparation for activation between your sixth house and your 10th house. So between the fixed signs of Aquarius and Taurus and the air signs of Aquarius and Gemini. Mercury enters Aquarius on February 4th, Mars on February 12th, and Venus on February 16th. Immediately, they all form conjunctions with Pluto. So the end of January into the beginning of February has a quality to it of clearing it out, cleaning house. What does not serve you on the day-to-day has to go. It has to get cleaned up. It has to be repaired. If it can't get fixed, then recycle it. Um, there is a stark contrast between what gives you energy and what depletes you energetically. And I think that you are well aware of what it is uh, as we close out the month of January. Now, awareness doesn't always equate to action. Um, And so... It really feels like you need to draw upon your courage, Um, especially at the end of January. It feels like you need to be very honest and brave. And then as we get into February, choices are being made. Over the course of the rest of Aquarius season, so moving to February 18th when we enter Pisces season, um, I would say there's a considerable amount of tension in in your chart. Now, tension can be exciting and arousing. It can feel highly productive, creative, adventurous, and tension can also feel totally neurotic and upsetting. So I don't know which end of the extreme you're going to be on. I certainly hope the former. Um, but the advice that I would give here echoes the advice that I gave in your year ahead reading, which is to work with energetic healing principles. Now, the principle that I want to offer to you for Aquarius season is that when there is grasping and attachment that doesn't flow with life, we separate ourselves from the intelligence of creation. For example, let's say that I feel completely frustrated and upset in my life because I hate my job. Now, 2024 is a trying time to live on planet Earth. There's a lot of scarcity. There's a lot of insecurity. There are many reasons why one might want or need to hold on to a job, even if one hates it. However, that grasping, that attachment, that fixation on security does not allow me to be curious about what else is out there or where I might potentially uh, engage my own agency for improving the conditions of my life. 
it may not be viable for me to leave my job immediately in February. But if I'm honest with myself about the fact that I hate it, and if I take it upon myself to participate with my conditions, then perhaps what I can do is schedule a weekly time where I work with uh, the amazing resource of the internet to find all kinds of resources, support, guidance for, uh, you know, revamping my CV and checking out job postings. Um, Maybe I'll work a little bit with an astrologer who might help me kind of feel into what's really going to make me happy if I'm not sure that I know myself. And then I'm going to direct intentionally in actionable ways towards changing the conditions of my life. If you enjoy my readings and find them supportive, make sure to pre-order your 2024 year ahead reading now. My year ahead readings are deep dives into the details of the year, special for your sun, moon, and rising signs, with a focus on making the most of the opportunities and meeting challenges with skill and grace. You'll get a big picture overview that spans the year, connecting 2024 to the past and future, and providing a larger context that my monthly readings just can't get into. The 2024 readings will be published by the first week of January, and they make wonderful gifts for the astrology lovers in your life. You can also now receive a 75% discount on 2023's Year Ahead readings, which still have so much to offer. Find more information in the show notes or in the horoscope section at embodiedastrology.com. That's the vibe right now. So make the meaning that's meaningful for you. You might love your job and be super frustrated in your relationships. You might be totally happy in your relationships and feel like your health is declining. Where are the places that are dragging you down right now that you have been avoiding? How can you bring yourself to release your attachments to stagnancy or security and step into a new thing, try a new approach. Now, for those of you who are working with your health, first and foremost, it's natural and normal that our health declines as we age. And so one component that I would say you definitely want to work with is just Radical acceptance if you're working with conditions that really maybe can't be changed or can't be changed significantly. In your nervous system, it may be that you need to work on the attachment to feeling better. Buddhists talk about the second arrow, right? Like there's the first arrow of unavoidable suffering. Illness happens, injury happens, we live in bodies that are going to age, we're not always going to feel good. The second arrow we impose upon ourselves. And so this might be the ways that I tell myself that it's my fault that I don't feel good and I'm, you know, not doing the right things or da-da-da-da-da. Or I might have some kind of idea that I'm going to get somewhere that is not that realistic and the fact that I'm not getting there is bumming me out. So if I stay there, though, if I stay in a place of um, 
accepting the conditions as they are, but not engaging with them, that might lead me to inertia. Then I might get attached to that. Then I might just get attached to complacency, right? It is what it is. Can't do anything about it. You know, meanwhile, I'm not doing anything about it. So for those of you that are working with health, and I think that a lot of Virgos are really managing health concerns right now, um, I cannot encourage you enough to look into energy healing work. And this piece around attachment and grasping and gripping is a really important one. And it, it can be really tricky to figure it out because sometimes we're attached and grasping and gripping onto things that, you know, it's like health and well-being. It seems like a place that we want to focus on, you know, like, oh, I don't want to um, let go of the idea that like I could feel better. But the attachment to feeling better then is making me feel bad, right? Like the fact that every single day I'm like, oh my God, I don't feel better yet. Then I'm mad about it. That's going to make it worse. So there's a component here of working with what is, right? Okay, I'm not feeling good. Let's just let that be that. And let's not hate ourselves or hate the world for it or contribute more to the distress or the dis-ease. And then at the same time, how could I locate support energetically for what I'm experiencing right now? And so a second uh, principle of energy healing is relationality and continuity. And I've mentioned this already uh, in the um, year ahead overview and in Capricorn season, may have talked about it already in Aquarius season, I don't remember, but this principle of relationality is um, interconnection. Life is continuous through its myriad forms. And the work of connecting energetically is actually so simple in some ways, but it requires subtlety and the willingness to slow down and actually be present. And so I'd invite you to do exercises that are um, basic attention and awareness exercises that move from your head to your heart and into your body. So for example, you might look out your window and see a tree and have a practice wherein you observe what you see, you relate with the tree, with the idea of the tree, and then you practice feeling into the energetic connection between your own body and the tree. You might practice feeling gratitude for the way that the tree helps you breathe or for the way that it provides a home for the birds, or nourishment for the microorganisms in the ground, or shade for you on a hot afternoon. And in that space of gratitude and conscious relationship, you would work to attune yourself energetically with the tree. Probably, if you did that for 10 or 20 minutes, you would feel better at the end of that 10 or 20 minutes. And the reason that you would feel better is because our nervous systems are supported by relational coherence. And so much of the human-made world is relationally incoherent and disturbed. And so many of us live in really isolating and anxiety-producing conditions of enforced and fabricated separation, unnecessary separation. And you want to build relationality and continuous coherence uh, between yourself and those in that which is around you. And so an energetic principle that you might apply uh, for your own wellness and self-care, not just in Aquarius season, not just in 2024, but 
for the foreseeable future is to practice somatically relating and energetically relating and feeling uh, your sense of relationship in expansive ways. When, especially when you can coordinate your mind, heart, body, being, intelligence in relationship to the earth, it is incredibly stabilizing. And the earth takes myriad forms. Flowers, trees, rocks, rivers, mountains, the sky, clouds, the feeling of gravity, your body, all forms of earth. The last thing I'm going to say is that as Pluto moves into Aquarius, your labor and your work are shifting. And over the course of the next two decades, as Pluto remains in Aquarius into the 2040s, there's some element of what you are committing to, what you are devoting yourself, your labor, your attention, your resources uh, towards that have to do with some kind of systems intelligence. This could mean a lot of things. So you have to make the meaning that's meaningful for you. But I'm talking about any kinds of systems, scientific systems, institutional systems, living systems, human systems, relational systems, organizational systems, educational systems, ideological systems. There's some way that your work is shifting right now. And some of you have already been involved in systems work for a long time. And now the volume is getting turned up and you are becoming a transformer of systems and you are being transformed by the ways that you are relating with and inside of uh, systems. And, and this, you know, especially in like new, new agey kind of spaces, the word transformation gets thrown around a lot as like a la la la, like yay, sparkles and bunnies, like transforming, everybody's transforming, it's so great. But fucking, it's hard. Like transformation is fucking hard. To transform is to go through a dying process. Like transformation is evolution. It is the life force. It can be incredibly energizing, erotic, uh, stimulating, feel like an adventure. But only when we're down to let go of what is old, what is not serving us anymore. And the truth of a human experience is that we get attached to what is familiar, what is comfortable, and our ideas about who we are and what our egos are all about. And so these next 20 years of your work inside of systems requires you to be a death doula and a birth doula at the same time. And in the ways that you are working with systems, you are wanting to work in a transformational capacity. And that means that you have to allow the systems to transform inside of you. And for some of you, this is intense philosophical, psychic, psychological, ideological labor. Like for, for some of you, you are doing major heavy lifting for society, for culture, for community and your own families and in your own worlds right now because the systems in our world are incredibly harmful, many of them. And a lot of them are holding so much toxicity. So if you are going to be a transformer of systems, 
that means that you have to also transform the toxins that move through your body in the ways that they move through your being, your ego, your identity, and then how you move them out in the world. Be the healer that will heal yourself, right? And participate in the healing of the world around you. And so these last, uh, you know, weeks of Aquarius season, as we get out of January and into February, there is this feeling of really like having a sharp awareness of what serves creation, what connects you to creation, what helps you connect with life force, with vitality, with creativity, and what does not. Boundaries are going to be important in Pisces season, and Aquarius season is letting you know in no small way uh, what kind of boundaries need to be enforced um, or created, co-created. February 9th, there's a new moon. That's a powerful new moon. I'm going to suggest that you let this new moon time be in devotion to what is in service of life across the continuity of life and make some kind of ritual around that. Devotion to life in its essence. This work wouldn't exist without a team. Ashgood is our website manager. Alicia Mauji is our community coordinator. Ariana Sears-Putowski prepares and edits transcripts of these readings. Gabs404 is our visual creative director. Joe Stewart is our office coordinator. And Vera Lumi composed and created this music. Thank you so much for listening. We're wishing you all the best in the season ahead.